Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you, people, um, Letterman. Letterman's going off the air. And, and I'm really bummed because I got to tell you, I, I grew up as a kid watching some Tonight Show. I watched the Carson. But Carson was like my parents' show. And I, I used to love watching it. But Letterman came on the air in uh, February 1st of 1982. And that fall of 1982, I was a freshman at uh, Richard Stockton College down in New Jersey. And it was one of those shows that we, we, we didn't really know what it was. We sort of remembered him from the daytime, but we would sit there and, and we were freshmen in college, which means we would drink and we'd get stoned and we would sit there and come back at 1230 from a party and we would watch it. And, and it, it came across to us so great and so interesting and so different. I remember the next year I lived in a single room and the guy in the dorm next to me used to always sit there and he was a stoner. And we always knew we'd hear him laughing and he's the one who really got me into it. So I'm going to miss Letterman and uh, Letterman was a great show and hopefully, you know, Kimmel can take it over. I mean, I'm Fallon. I'm okay. But anyway, enough about that. We have a very funny comic. We're going to get his input. The comic is uh, Jamal Duman. How you doing? Hey, what's happening? What's happening? So I'm now, here. now what, what was your, what was your life? Like I growing up cause you're what? Like how old are you? I'm 42. Okay. I'm 51. So you're, you're, you didn't see Letterman from the beginning per se. No, no. Now as a kid or in your teens, what late night did you watch? Arsenio. Okay. It was probably Arsenio. Um, I'm, I'm black, African-American, by the way. <laughs> uh, um, Arsenio, I, I remember Joan Rivers. I remember her show, which kind of led to Arsenio. Uh, her, I, I guess her leaving the show, getting canceled, they gave Arsenio a chance. Now, I, you know, I, I watched Carson, but I was, you know, I was a kid. I watched it a little bit. And I watched, uh, you know, of course, when Leno and Letterman uh, came on. But I was more... As a teenager growing up, it was more Arsenio. Arsenio. Well, Arsenio, the thing about Arsenio was, Arsenio was the first, like, hip. Like, like yeah. even Letterman was still older. I mean, Arsenio yeah. is, for me, is someone in my age group. Right. And he was someone who you, you knew from just, you know, just being around. You knew he was Eddie Murphy's buddy. Yeah. And, and we all loved Eddie Murphy. Mm. And Arsenio did brought up fresh air to it. I think, I think like, the people like Fallon and Kimmel sort of followed the Arsenio steps. They did, yeah. Because he was more, you know, he brought Clinton on. I mean, before yeah. that, presidents never came on. He had a, he had a, he had a guest that never did. And I remember the big thing was Robert De Niro never did. He, he got Robert De Niro to do his show. Like, Arsenio had just that magic. I don't know if there was the Eddie connection that he, he brought a lot of guests on there that that uh, that a lot of people didn't touch. Um, um, or first time, he had a lot of first, like, I remember Tupac being on there. For, I remember Martin Lawrence when he blew up first time on there. Bill Clinton, of course. Um, he Yeah, he just had that hit. When I, you know, when he was hot, he was hot, man. He had a, he had a, he had a hot fourth. Four or five year run, I guess. And yeah, I mean, it was a while. I mean, he he was on. He was he was like the hip guy. I mean, yeah. it was he was and Fox was just new. That's right, what's so yeah. funny. You sit there and you say Fox was just new, and you yeah. go, "Holy crap!" Wait, Fox. I, mean, I think now the Simpsons are like whatever twenty years. Yeah. And you go, I remember when it was just the yeah. crappy May, animation. Yeah, May with children, hey, uh, 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 in living color. You know, when Fox Fox came out the box, they came out the box. Arsenio had one guest too many. And that was uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan. Remember that? I don't remember that episode. What, what? That kind of that that that's the reason his show got cut because they didn't want him. I guess they told him the Fox executive told him they didn't want him on there. Arsenio basically gave him the middle finger, said, "I'm gonna have him on there." He had him on there, and it was a, you know, hey man, if you if you if you got bosses, you got to listen to right, your bosses, right, right. you know. Now you're you're a Philly guy, mm-hmm. and now and I, I I started comedy in Philly when you, you when you were growing up. Did you always want to do comedy, or at what point did you decide you wanted to get into this business? No, actually, I wanted to be a rapper. Okay. I was MC Jamal. All right. I, I, I grew up in that, you know, late 80s, early 90s, golden era of hip-hop, and I wanted to be a rapper. And I made some demo tapes. I, you know, I entered talent shows around Philly. Um, uh, you know, challenged a couple rappers to battles and stuff like that. Um, I made a couple demos. But I was whack. I, now I look back at it, I was corny. I was, I was not good. Um, but I always stand up comedy was always strong in my family. I mean, we was like the first family in our neighborhood to get HBO. So I remember my parents watching them early. Uh, Robert Klein specials, George Carlin special. My parents love Robert Klein. I actually remember an episode Robert Klein did Showtime at the Apollo. Um, and he, I remember my parents watching him. He did that, uh, I can't feel my leg. And my right. parents was <laughs> on the floor. They love Robert Klein. So comedy was real big in our, in our, uh, in our family. Um, um, so I was going to Temple 
flunk in every class. Wore my shirt. Yeah, I see. My, my <laughs> mom, my mom's alumni. She graduated in 1952. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, well, you know, I was born at Temple University. I'm from North Philly. Yeah, I was born at Temple University Hospital. So I went to Temple. I was trying to find myself. What um, was your major? Um, sports journalism. Okay. That was my major. But I was, I was, I wasn't focused. I was chasing every girl on campus, flunking classes, p- trying to party too much. Um, uh, you know, I was doing the rapping thing, but I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give this up because I, I, you know, I'm disrespecting the culture. I'm not that good. I have to realize that I'm not that good, and I, maybe something else I can do. And the comedy was always in the back of my mind. I remember watching Eddie Murphy, Delirious, uh, or Raw. Um, and one day, I, I just told my cousins, I come from a funny family. We, we always joking and cracking cracking on each other. And I told my cousins, I think I want to try stand-up comedy. Um, then somewhere we heard, you know what? I went down to one of them comedy comedy cabarets. Remember them? You yeah, know? you know what I was going to say? What's funny is about your comedy start is I started comedy in um, – 88, 89, mm-hmm. and then there was a Comedy Factory outlet, the Comedy right. Works, and yeah. the Comedy Cabaret, there was like 15 of them. Yeah, all over. So when you probably, you probably went to the one in Northeast Philly. Yeah, I did that one off of Roosevelt Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah, I opened up for Joe Rogan. That was one of my first big gigs. They gave me, they let me do 10 minutes for Joe Rogan back in like 95, 96. I didn't have no idea, you know, uh, well, he wasn't Joe Rogan back then. Right. Uh, he was just so funny. That was one of my first gigs. But before... You know, I was thinking about starting. I went down to, I think, one of them comedy works or something. I signed up for the open mic, and I and I chickened out. It was, you know, it was like a list of 18 people. I think when I got to like 12, I, I left the building. I just was so nervous, so scared. So, th- you know, I told my cousins about it, and we had heard about this uh, open mic in um, Camden, New Jersey, this place called Crawford's Lounge, where they was having comedians. So my cousin was like, man, we tired of you talking about doing stand-up. You're going to do it. We're going to go over to Camden. We're going to sign you up, and you're going to do it. So we went over there. I got got signed up. Went on stage. It was Apollo night, so you know they could boo you. So I went up there and I, I started telling my first joke, and they the crowd started booing me a little bit. And uh, this Mr. Sandman, the guy they had as Mr. Sandman, was coming on stage to grab me off. And I saw him at the corner of my eyes, and it was a guy in front row like booing me real loud. And I kind of noticed he had like a little small shirt on. So I I said something about man, you better. You booing me with your little brother shirt on or something. Everybody started laughing. And I could always snap on people. So I started, you know, just snapping on the main guys who was trying to boo me, talking about them. And the crowd started laughing. And, I, you know, I actually did good. I, they didn't, you know, Mr. Sandman went back off stage. He was coming to get me. But I guess once he saw the crowd laughing, he went back off stage. Um, and actually, I ended up, I didn't win that night, but I, I, I did good. I came back the next week. And that was, from then, that was just, that was the beginning. I just stayed with it. Well, yeah, it's weird because also I know because when I when I started, Philadelphia had a much more booming scene. I know Philadelphia took a little bit of a a dip for a while. And I was going to ask you, I think, were you in a class? Because it's so funny, comedians always say class. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, Keith, you know Keith Robinson. Robinson, He was a class before me, but Keith always helped me out a lot because we had the same birthday and we Mm -hmm. were the same age, and uh, I had a car, so Mm -hmm. I'd take him to gigs and I get to open. And and my class was like right before Keith, but then Todd Glass and Keith were before me. But then I was with like Paul Tompkins and Adam McKay. Mm-hmm. Who was in your class? Were you with Kevin Hart? Because I don't, I don't know when Kevin Hart came along. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I was the class before Kevin Hart. Okay. Kevin, I, I got out to L.A. I left Philly in '98. Kevin started like '98, '99. I heard about him because people in Philly was telling me about this short, funny comedian. Um, but he wasn't my class. My class. Who was in my class in Philly? I'm trying to think who I know, like Charles Walden. Charles Walden was, yeah. He started when I was doing it. Yeah, you could say he he was around um, uh, Kenny Ray Walker, Dick Tracy, Ray Edwards, Javon Pearson, D. Lee. Um, Those were the ones, uh, Michael Blackson, Ronnie Long. I know, Ronnie lives out here. Yeah, Ronnie. uh, Ronnie calls me every once in a while. Vince Patterson. I know, know, see, Vince Vince used to be in, uh, he used to hang with Keith. Yeah. Because there used to be a... Keith, well, actually, Vince was on the fringe of it. It was Keith Robinson, Ralph Harris, Ralph Harris. and uh, Rocky Wilson, mm-hmm. and Wanda Sykes, Wanda Paul, Sykes, yeah, and they were yeah. called like the Comedy Express. Yeah, and uh, that was and, Keith's company. Yeah, yeah. and Vince Keith's was, cousin's company. Okay, yeah, and Vince was on the outskirts of that. Right. So yeah. cool. It's okay. So now you're doing comedy. How long were you doing it before you decided to move out here? Four years. I always say I did my four years of college in Philly or now, the Philly area. Now, once you were when you're in Philly, were you getting a lot of work? Yeah. Was there work? Where yeah. were you working at? Yeah. Um. Well, at the time, the main club was. When I started out, it was the what was it called the Funny Bone, Funny and Bone. then it be 
It became Catch a Rising Star for a little while. Then it became David Brenner's Laugh House. Right. And then it became the Laugh House. Um, it was a you know when I started out, it, it was a it was a mainstream club. Like you know they'll bring in. I'm trying to read. Uh, a, a lot of maybe uh, mainstream white acts in the, in the mid '90s. So I remember a young Dave Chappelle headline in there. Right. Uh, he and he was. I remember he was. He was so brilliant. I mean, he was the same age as me, and I'm I'm watching this guy do like an hour of just brilliant stuff. I'm. Um, he had to be like maybe early 20s at that point. He had just did that Robin Hood Men in Tight, so he wasn't. See, yeah, okay, because yeah. that's funny, because I'm trying to think. I wasn't. I remember when the Funny Bone was open, because actually I hung out with uh, Dan Whitney, who is now mm-hmm. Larry the Cable Guy, mm-hmm. when Dan wore yeah. plaid, you know, slacks and everything. Right. And I left, I think I left when I was 29, and I moved to North Jersey and I moved out west. Mm-hmm. But I missed that Laugh House. And, I, and for Philly, it seemed for me, and what I see on Facebook is. As you said, when I was there, it was very mainstream. Yeah. It became very urban, I think, yeah. after well, that. Well, when, had, when did that happen? They had a, a, marry, a black married couple, uh, Mona Mona and Mr. Rod and Mona Wilkerson. They bought it, and they changed it to an urban club. Okay. Um, and, they, you know, it was uh, – actually, they survived for a long time. It was um, – so it, when I would headline it, they, it, it was an urban – they would bring a lot of urban acts in, but it still had, you know, like – uh, they'll still have white or Latino. I know Brad Trackman, I think. Yeah, Brad there. Trackman. I think he opened up for me one time uh, when I was there. I hear a lot of Brad Trackman, I think, was my feature. Uh, like Rocco was my feature or, or MC one. So they'll, they'll mix it up. And, the, and the, you know, the audience was, you know, you know how Philly, the audience, you know, maybe 60% black, 30% white, 10% Latino. So it was a mixed audience. Um, they turned into a, a urban club and it went it went well, and but they was just business went bad and kind of went went down right a couple years before they went out of business helium opened up and started oh helium i guess helium said okay we're going to go back to bringing the 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 mainstream uh accent so so helium and everyone you know helium will bring in um uh jeff ross right yeah they 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 bring in because that was it used to be like a comedy factory outlet comedy works brought those people in dom herrera you know uh, rondell sheridan uh, like that so yeah yeah so now so what made you decide to leave uh philly you know what i knew it was a limit i mean it's i knew it was a it was a ceiling that you can go in philly it's only so far you can go in philly i mean what you I, you know, I'm not going to be arguing and fighting with comedians for a $200 gig or $75 gig. I'm like, if I'm, I'm going to go out, to, I'm going to go to New York, I'm going to go to LA. And if I'm going to be arguing with comics, I'm going to be battling with comics. It's going to be for the big prize. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not sitting in there in Philly in these little BS politics, uh, you know. Um, so I, I knew it was a ceiling. And a lot of the older comics, uh, Kenny Ray Walker, they told me, say, get out of Philly. Don't, don't stay here. Don't, you know, don't be like us. Uh, go, go to New York, go to, uh, um, go to LA. So I had a little bit more connections in LA. So I ended up going out here and I, I thought I wouldn't be able to keep my focus if I was in New York because it's so close to Philly. I would be back home every chance I get it. I figure I go 3000 miles away. I'll, I can discipline myself. I'll be focused. You know, I can't run the grandma's house. I can't run the mom house, but you know, uh, Coop, if I look back at it now, if I had to do it all over again, I would have went to New York for at least a couple of years. Well, I think I think here. New York uh, and and I I hung out. I lived outside of New York, but I, I, that's when I was getting out of comedy. And I think New York for a comic is a better fit, yeah. just because it's you know. And and back then when we were doing, you know, when I was doing it, when you were doing it, I mean, I have guests come on, who, you know, just do like nine sets in a night. Mm-hmm. And here, it's. It's just different. It's it's like in, in New York, it was club sets. Yeah. You know, you could jump from club to club. I think in LA is a hard place to start. Yeah. Because it's everyone wants to be a comic. Yeah. I've never seen so many damn. When I was, as I said, in Philly, we had like 25 people at the yeah. open mic. Here, it's like I look at a piece of paper yeah. and I go, I don't know. one. There's 12 acts I don't even recognize. I'm not even friends yeah. on Facebook with yeah. one of these people. And so now, so yeah, I mean, I think, but, but New York probably would have done good, but you moved out here. Yeah. Now, where'd you move? I always ask people, where's the first place you moved? I moved to Hollywood. I was right at, um, I was right off of Sunset, like Sunset and La Brea area. I lived, I, that's where I first moved. Yeah. I lived on a Leland Boulevard. It was right behind uh, the, where the Chick-fil-A is now. Oh, it okay. Was, it was okay. Hollywood and Hollywood High was here and you went past Sunset and it was a little crappy yeah. studio. It was 385 a month. I was right down a block. I was right down 385 a month. Wow, that was good. Small studio. Yeah. This, is, this isn't like, this was 15 years ago. Yeah. I was, um, I lived right down a block from the Guitar Center. So I, I, I stayed in Hollywood for two years, had a roommate. 
Um, and then I got I moved over to North Hollywood and got my own spot, and I've been in I've been in the Valley ever since. No, when you get out here, you know you you're a Philly comic, but there's not a lot of Philly. There wasn't a lot of Philly there comics out yeah. here. I know I Keith like, stayed in New York. No, yeah. there, there's no one out here really. I mean, maybe Fred Novak, but I think yeah. he was before your time. And I was probably though know, at that. It seemed like when I got out, I was kind of the only Philly comic. Lamont Pharrell was out here. He was writing on some stuff, um, but that was really it. So what, where do you go? What do you start? What, where? What is your? What is your course of action? Because you're headlining in Philly, mm-hmm. but you know what? That doesn't mean crap out here. You, exactly. you, you, I mean, I had to start all over yeah. when I got. So, out so here. what? Did, what did you do? Did you start going to like the the improv, or was, did you go to coffee houses, or how did you I, start getting the scene? I went in. Well, I, I wasn't driving when I first got out here, but I went anywhere I heard they was doing comedy. I went. I don't care if it was a laundromat, a coffee house. I I, I went. I, when I first got out here, I I, I did some pretty. Uh, we can't can we we can't yeah, cuss yeah, can. we can cuss some pretty shitty gigs. <laughs> I went anywhere. I mean, it was a coffee house. Um, of course, I tried to get in, you know, at the big clubs, but they were like, "Who are you? We don't know you." I didn't come out here with no big time reputation and nothing like that, no agency or nothing like that. Um, I really had to just grind, and man, I just I did a lot of open mics, and uh, I would go up in the comedy store and on Sundays and sit in that line and sign my name. Tuesdays, I would go to the Laugh Factory. And stand out there all day, pretty much, to, to sign up for that. Because um, when I first come out, came out here, everybody was like, you got to be a comedy store regular. That's all I heard, comedy store regular. So I was like, all right, well, I went up to the comedy store and just, you know, figure I want to be a regular. I got to get up here. Um, it's funny now I look back at it, I, would, I don't give a shit about being a comedy store regular. It's, it's you know, I, I've done real good without being a comedy store regular but that was my mindset i went to i went to every open mic i just begged people for the wherever i've heard somebody got a room i just hey i'm jamal dome i'm from philly can i you know and i just it's been year year just keep building building growing growing but it was it was rough at first it was rough the first couple of years. Yeah, and it is, and especially because I, I don't know. I think uh, it's also New York and Philly. I think it's a more of an embracing town yeah. with comics, and mm-hmm. I, I've always said this that uh, comics back there are comics first. Out here, a lot of times, I think they're actors first. They don't really want to do comedy, but back there, you had to. That's what you did. Yeah. If you went into the club and you were fucking around mm-hmm. and acting like this, people were like. Wait a second, you're mm-hmm. not a comic. No, get 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 your leg warmers out right. here. You know, don't 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 come in here to get a sitcom. It's Philly. Mm-hmm. So when did you start doing TV? I, I know you uh you were you were on Apollo. Yeah, I did I did I did I did show, I did show actually I know I put it on I, on my bio. It's called Showtime at Apollo. Actually, I did I actually did the offspring show of that called Showtime in Harlem. It was only on for a little bit. Um, a little while, but I always, when I wrote my bio, I just said, hey, instead of me trying to explain to people it was Showtime and Hall, I guess the Apollo, Showtime and Apollo producers had a little falling out, so they split. So the, they, the producers who stayed with Showtime and Apollo, then the, it was these producers who split and went and did their own show called Showtime in Harlem. Basically the same show. But they, um, so I did Showtime in Harlem. But I, I, I did Comic View. Um, my first uh, television were you out here or back there? No, I was out here. Okay. No, yeah, I didn't do any television in Philly. Um, my first television, you know, it's crazy. When I first moved out here, I had 20 packages. I had like a VCR tape of my set, a picture of me, a bio, and I I, I got the agency needs book and I sent 20 packages out to like different agencies that said they was looking for you know a young African American actor comic. I got one call back, Purvis Atkins um, from Atkins Agency. He was like, hey, I got your package. I like you. Come on in. I went in and I signed with him. So within a week out here, I got a head of agent. My second audition was a um, was a uh, Unsigned Mysteries audition. Remember Unsigned Mysteries? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who hosted it? That, that wasn't Robert Stock, was it? No, no. I I remember. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it came on CBS. Yeah. I booked it. My second audition, I booked it. So within three weeks of me, I'm on set. I'm on a set of a you know, national show, uh, a CBS show, I'm working, I'm doing, uh, so within three weeks out here, I'm on a show, and then they aired it pretty quickly, so within two months, I'm on television. So, you know, my family go, you know, even they going crazy, you know like, what's, what? You know what's <laughs> crazy about that, too, is, and when, when you think about it back, um, your family is going crazy, mm-hmm. and, but back then, there wasn't all the DVRing, like you know, yeah. to, to to record something yeah. was a pain in the ass. Right. Like you had to sit there with the remote. Yeah. I always screwed up. Like I would try to do, like when I go on the road, I try yeah. to 
taped Seinfeld. And I come back, I said to my ex-wife, did Seinfeld, I don't know, didn't you look? No, I don't yeah. but, but now it's like if you're on something and it's it so airs easy. so much, like if you're on Unsolved Mysteries, yeah. those things still air. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're not getting resi- residual, oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. But that's the thing. But back then, especially in Philly or anything, it wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't so much TV. I mean, now mm-hmm. there's so much TV. I mean, you can be on a reality show, you can right. do that. But back then, that was big stuff because Unsolved Mystery yeah. was a, like a, a prime, prime time, time show. show. Came the on families like, watched. Yeah, it came, I think it came on Friday nights and I, you know, my family watched it. It was, so with, so I'm thinking, oh, this is easy. Hollywood is, I'm on a show within three, I got an agent. I'm with, you know, of course I didn't book my next 100 auditions. Um, I found out as, you know, it's not as easy as, as it is. Um, my first stand-up was, uh, I think it was Comic View. I did Comic View two, 2001, maybe 2000. Uh, my friend Doug Williams um, hooked that up. He knew the people. They were looking for comics. They called me up one day. I didn't even audition. They was like, hey, uh, Doug Williams told us you're funny. We're taping Comic View. We're in Miami this year. You know, we we want you to do this date. And no audition, nothing. Just off of uh, Doug Williams' uh, recommendation. Now, did you have to fly yourself or did they fly you? Did we fly Because I, I know the improv, even the improv people said they used to have to fly themselves out here. I think at that time we had to fly out. Okay. I think we had to. But it's I, TV credit. Yes, yeah, TV credit. And it's it was, played 8,000 times and yeah, you've never got a residual. Yeah, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Comic View days. Were, yeah, the Comic View. Until after I got in it and really got on their ass, but BT used to rob the comedians. We had to pay us. Fly ourselves down. I think they put us in a hotel. I think they did that, at least did that and gave us a little little money. So I did that um, every year and since really every year. My goal when I got out here was at least do one television, get on television once a year, no matter what it was. That was my goal. I re- before I moved out here, I don't know if you remember the show Moesha with Brandy. Yeah, yeah. I read an interview with a father who whatever that actor played a father. I was reading an interview on him and he was like, when I went to L.A. My goal was just to get on television once a year. That was my goal. And so I read that. I was thinking, okay, that's going to be my goal. It's just some modest, humble, once a year, if I can do that. And I, I, Coop, I really, since I've been out here, I, I, I really think that I've been on television at least once a year doing something. So um, I'm happy with that. Um, Comics Unleash, one, you know, one year, who. Who wants to date a comedian? You know, just... That's what's that like, man? I mean, that that's like that's for me. That's like the weirdest concept. It's like you're sitting there. Comics and... Unleashed. Yeah, no, yeah. no, not Comics Unleashed. Comics Unleashed uh, is all scripted. Yeah. And yeah. Adam Norelli used to write for that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Norelli, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the con- who wants to date a comic? Oh, yeah. It's just something. I mean, and that's Byron Allen's company yeah, too. Right, yeah. Which mm-hmm. it, people don't even know. People don't know Byron Allen is the richest man in Hollywood. Yeah. Hands down. Nobody I mean, you knows. don't know who he is. The guy. I mean, he's Kaiser Sosa. Yeah. Please. I mean, it's like when he did uh, the Byron Allen show. Mm-hmm. And then the interviewers, and yeah. then Comics uh, Comics Unleashed is it, back on now, it's right? Back on, yeah. They, and yeah. you did this last season. No, or? I didn't do the last season, but I'll, I'll ho- hopefully. I don't know what happened. Uh, Comics Unleashed, uh, but I hopefully. I my homie Torrey did. I know. I, I went. Out, I went down to the set when he did it. Um, but I'll. They'll be back. I'm sure. But what was the comics? Well, I gotta know about the comics. I who wants to date a comic? I mean, that's yeah, that was, so bizarre. They. What happened was the the, the casting director for uh, Byron Island. Who you know they knew me from Comics Unleashed. They called me up and they was like, Hey, you want to do the show called Who Wants to Date a Comedian? I'm I'm thinking, was this a joke or something? What are you talking about? He said, No, it's kind of like a yeah, you know, it's a dating show. You were going to have three girls. You're gonna. Uh, you know, you're going to ask some questions and stuff like that, and and you're going to pick which one. So I was okay. I'm I'm with it. So I went down there, and they they brought out these three, and they 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 had stuff set, you know, questions set up. But it really wasn't me. I get to pick them. It wasn't like somebody told me okay. who to pick. They brought out these three girls, beautiful girls. I was like, wow. So I had, I gave them. They had a little. We had a little task that we did and stuff like that. Um, we eliminated they now and the girls were coached up. I I can tell they were coached up to go at each other. You know, um, I I sense that. Um, um, but I eliminated one. Then it was two. And then we had a final date. And I I picked the one. And I actually really tried to seriously get with that one, but uh, it just didn't happen. <laughs> That's funny. I just like, I'm more on TV. Come took, on. I actually took her home because after the, after we finished taping, because we taped somewhere out out somewhere, and she lived like in a uh, uh, off of Venice, so it was kind of past where, kind of on the way where I was going back to North Hollywood. Um, so she was like, I, you know, this is before Uber. <laughs> she was like, I need a ride home. I was like, I'll take you home. Thinking, yeah, you know, so I, we, 
I drove her home. She gave me a kiss. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, something going to happen from that, but nothing happened nothing, from it. <laughs> so, no, no, when, when you were saying earlier, when we were talking about, you know, you're starting to get a TV, you got your first TV show, mm-hmm. a comic view, and now, how are you concentrating on doing your stand-up then? Because cause here, because now, true, you, you you were doing headlining gigs in Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you're out well, here. Well, more feature gigs. But, I mean, but I was headlining a little bit, but you, I was more like, of a You were like feature. me. You, you, you would headline like the C a, clubs, yeah. C or D clubs. I had a strong 20, 25 minutes. So now, when you come out here and you're getting, you're not getting 20 or 25 minutes. That's, uh, so how did, how did you grow as a comic? Was, you headline now. How did you sit there at a point, sit there and go, okay, because you're not getting the stage time. And as you said, you're doing a laundromat. Well, you know what? The laundromat's not quality stage yeah. time. You're not going to sit there and be like, oh, wow, I had a gym. And I love that. I always rank on people on Facebook and go, oh, I killed. Yeah. No, you didn't. You know, I, I mean, anyone. I mean, Titus could have walked in and no, he would have killed. It's funny. I just did a show about a month ago, Coop, with this guy. He went up there and bombed. It was my friend. He uh, he went up there and bombed. And we took a picture after the show. You know, he posted on Facebook. He had a picture of me and him on Facebook. Yeah, you know, at the club last night, killed the stage, ripped it up. Chilling with Jamal Doman, you know, after I ripped the stage up. And I really wanted to say on the picture, like, you ripped the stage up? Question mark, question mark. Yeah. But I left it alone. You have to. You know, it's, <laughs> I, I've learned. So many things piss me off. And because, and as I said, when I was doing comedy, there wasn't social media. Right. But, you know, we, I mean, I remember I got a TV a, a write-up in the Carrier Post. And I was mm-hmm. all excited. Like, like mm-hmm. the Cherry Hill comic makes his area debut. Mm-hmm. And that was your social media. Right. But with social media now, what's funny is it's like you look at it and it's it's so easy to get content out there. Like you had mentioned earlier, you sent out a tape, okay? It used to cost you, you would have to sit there. First of all, you have to buy a video camera yeah, yeah, and you yeah. get that, I had that little, I had that little Sony. Mm-hmm. And whenever you set the thing up, you'd have a shitty set. Right. Like when you didn't set it up, you go, oh, there's only 15 people. Exactly. You'd have the best set best in your set life. Best set in life. So you had to do that. You had to get your tape. You had to get headshots, which aren't like now. You don't even yeah. need a headshot. You can, I mean, I'll just sit through LA casting. Yeah. You didn't. Need, you had to get a headshot, and you you get in the back of the magazine the yeah. lithographs. Yeah. And then you had to get your printout, and it mm-hmm. wasn't like computers were everywhere. Right. And you had to put the stuff all up in a package, package and, and mail it. It cost you like two fifty, yep. three dollars. So when you would sit there and you would send twenty packages out, mm-hmm. that's a hundred bucks. Yeah. Now it's so funny because now you sit there and, and you know you see people have been doing comedy for. Three years going on. I'm, I'm I'm recording my second album. Yeah. What? <laughs> second album? Hold, hold, hold. I I know people. You know, I think my friend Jimmy Schubert's been doing it forever, and I saw him in Florida while I go destroys. I think he might have two albums. Okay, yeah. and he's been doing it, and he's a bona fide headliner. A, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what's funny now. I mean, it's got to be like as I say, as we're older, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, it's, you got to look at the business and go, man, it's yeah. changed because you've been on has. the. I've been out yeah. of the grind. You've been on the grind. Yeah. No, it has changed. And you, you was asking, like, when I first got out here, how did I go, which is a great question, because I I really, to go somewhere where you're getting up, to, to come from a city where you're getting up two, three, four times a week, you're doing 20, 25 minutes, to come out here and you, luckily, if you get up once or twice a week, to do eight to 10 minutes, because that's all they're giving you, I really went backwards when I first, my first couple of years, I went backwards. I, I, um... My comedy suffered. I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't developing because I was, you know, another thing is you're not working on new material because you're a new comic. So you're trying to impress everybody. You know, you're trying to you can't get up there and work on new stuff. You got to do your tried and true stuff because nobody knows you. So you're trying to make a name for yourself. Right. Um, um, yeah. So I, I really suffered when I first got out here. It took me a while to get into my comfort zone. Um probably my lowest point out here stand up wise was I did I, I, I did uh chocolate Sundays one this was long early two thousand I did chocolate Sundays. And I did it before and I always had great sets. So this time I'm about to go up, D Ray comes in, D Ray Davis comes in and the, the, they like, hey we're gonna put D Ray up before you. He's just gonna do seven to ten minutes. And D Ray is a beast. So I'm like, okay, so he goes up there, he does about fifteen minutes, destroys the room. So here I come. Uh, I come up there, bomb. I'm talking about took a bad L. So um, I, I mean, it was so bad I left out the back door. You know what I mean? I, it, it was the laugh fact. You know that little back door yeah. in the back. I, I couldn't even walk out to the front. Um, then maybe about a week later, I went to FAMU. I got a college gig at uh, Florida A&M. So I flew down there and got booed out the building. Uh, so I'm coming back on a plane and I'm just feeling. I'm like, man, what's going on? Like I, you know. 
I called a couple of my mentors up, like Chris Spencer, Doug Williams, just talked to them. And I got from a lot of people, man, you're too robotic on stage and not having fun. You're just on stage like a robot, you know, just here's joke number one. OK, here's joke number two. It's not. And, you know, I just had to reassess my stand up. After that, I started, you know what, I, I I need to have more fun on stage. I need to smile a little bit. I am kind of, I looked at some of my, t- I am too robotic on stage. I'm just joke one, joke two, joke three, joke four, joke five, joke six, joke seven. Thanks a lot, I'm Jamal Doman. That's, so once I did that, I just had to reassess my situation. It didn't just grow and grow and grow, but I did take a step back my first few years out here. It was tough, you know, it definitely was tough. Well, I think also, and it's funny you say about the robotic and stuff like that. I think now, especially in these days, Everyone is a lot more loose on stage. Yeah. I was talking, you know, Steve McGrew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve was talking because he Beast, called a show. Yeah, fun, Beast. Yeah. But Steve said now, because he called into my friend Jeff Martyr was hosting a show. Mm-hmm. And he, Steve said for him now, before he would do his act, and he was a, a phenomenal stand up. I mean, that guy would kill, yeah. but he would always open for a lot of country acts. Mm-hmm. And now he's got the long hair and all that. Yeah. But he would say, he said the same thing when he would go on stage. Now, he just goes and says, you know what? Here's what's going on. Here's what's going on in. in the world right now and see steve's uh very right wing mm-hmm. not very but he's right wing but he sits there and he goes on stage and and he says it's a, a relief just to be able to sit there and be yourself and talk about it and, and to sit there and actually press the crowd right. and i think as, as comics get older i think you know i mean the the, the group before a few before us yeah. was like hey you know seinfeld it was yeah. joke 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 yeah. but now i think it's changing where People don't want to see joke, joke, joke mm-hmm. anymore. And it's they funny. want to see personality. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, they we come from a you. time where they, it was like you had to get a joke every thirty second, yeah. laugh every thirty seconds. Yeah. Else, you're not getting booked back, and you're mm-hmm. going, "Oh crap, that's three weekends for a year. That's you know whatever mm-hmm. they pay." You know. Mm-hmm. So now I know you've been on the road a lot lately. Yeah. Now, now when did you? When did you? After in life for a while, when did you sit there and start hitting the road? You st- probably went on as a feature first, yeah. mm-hmm. and now. What but was I still that like? feature here and there, you know. But I know you go down to like the Looney Bins and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. and your headline mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now, what was did you did you find it uh, rewarding to leave L.A. to feature, or did you want to stay in L.A. to act, or how did no, you? No, no, I, I, I love getting out of L.A. I, I love getting because it just seems like the crowds treat you. Some my best sets is funny. Um, a friend of another comedian, we did we did a road gig, we did some. and uh, you know, I had a great set. He was like, man, he said, I'm be he said, I'm be honest, you see. He was like, I'm going to be honest with you, Jamal. Uh, uh, you're much funnier on the road than back in L.A. And I was just like, well, L.A. is just so crabby in the, the audience. But, they, you know, you go to Little Rock and Oklahoma City and Tulsa, they they really appreciate you. You know what I mean? The crowds. And maybe and he was and he was. Maybe I am a little looser on the road than I am back in L.A. I'm more, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's the, you know, I'm in a room with all the other comics, so I'm trying to impress them more than, and this when I get on the road, is just like, I'm just Jamal. You and know, when I'm you just, go on the road, also, people are paying. And they paying. And they're going out, like me, when I mean, I don't do stand-up much, but when yeah. I was going back and forth with my girlfriend before she moved out, I would go back and I'd play the comedy cabarets, yeah. and i play comedy works in Bristol, mm-hmm. and i play, you know, and i feature, yeah. and i I mean, I remember when I went back to do Sarcasm Comedy Club, which was in the Hyatt, which I did years ago as mm-hmm. the comedy cabaret. I'd been screwing around for like a few months out here. I'd been in, I was doing six minutes. I had to do a half an hour. Right. And I was nervous. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to practice. And we're comics. We don't practice. Yeah. I don't care what people say. Yeah, we, <laughs> people would say, when you're on the road, we sit and we sit down at night and we no, write. No. no, you don't. No one writes. You sit there, you write in your head, yeah. and then you sit there and go, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. But I, when I went on stage thinking, oh my God, I have to do 30 minutes. Well, all of a sudden I got up there and I'm like... 25 minutes in i'm like holy crap i gotta wrap up because yeah. i think you're just looser and i yeah, think it's, it's, you, it's your it's your you have the freedom because one no one's judging you right here everyone judges Ju- you exactly there you're going in you're a star i mean mm-hmm. you know if you go into little rock or you go to the thing where it's not i mean they're college cities and there's they're cool places mm-hmm. but when you come in your net your picture's on the flyer yeah, exactly it's like when you play valencia up here jr's you go in there you, you walk in, it's like the old kind comedy, it's in a Marie Calendars, it's like an old kind comedy club because yeah. your picture's out and the, mon- the little yeah. thing and you just go, and, and they come in and they're sitting there and they're paying money to see and I think I think that's what happens. I yeah. think, you know, and for you, and because you did, you did get a taste of that good comedy in Philly because mm-hmm. Philly is is tough crowd. No, so yeah, if but, you can make but, them laugh. But, yeah. they, but if you make them laugh, they love you. Yeah. And so and they, it must they be, know they comedy, yeah. they know they stand up comedy. So now we're now, and you were recently in Canada, I believe. Yeah, I was in Canada. I was in Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. Now, what club was it? Was it? Um, uh, what was the name of the the Comedy Factory? Okay. Um, I'd never heard of the club. My friend had did it, and he kind of gave me the guy information. The guy 
I emailed him a couple of times and maybe brought the fourth email. He hit me back, like gave me a date. Now, he first he was like, can you work clean? Which I can. Um, um, and he, he booked me. He, um, so I went up there my first time in Canada. I've been, I've been to South Korea, Japan, Iceland. Now, was that with the troops? Or? For the troops, Afghanistan, uh, Iraq. Uh, but I've never been up, <laughs> I've never been up North, which is kind of weird. My first time in, uh, so I went to Edmonton. I was thinking, you know, like, okay, are they going to get my stuff? But, but my friend said, yeah, they get everything. And it's funny, the club owner, uh, he was like, uh, he said, you know, uh, urban acts do well up here. He said, because uh, I was asking him what he said, just do do you do you do you because, you know, he was he was like, you know, older white guy. He said, uh, urban acts do well, do well up here. And uh, he I forgot the phrase. Oh, he said, because you guys are unique to us, which I, which was funny to me. I think translation is they you know, they just they, we don't get to you know, we don't get that black culture, that American black right. culture. They, up they, here. they don't in Canada. Yeah. So we love to see it, you know, Um so I went up there. My first my first show was a Thursday night and and I didn't do great my first show because it took me I had to find out what they laugh at. They laughed at 80% of my stuff. I just had to change my set around. Like one of my big hitting jokes when I did it up there, they kind of was looking at me like you looking at me now. So I was like, "Okay, they okay, I, they but they get most of it." So um um Friday show, I got my foot and I just changed my set around a little bit. From Fridays, I did two weeks up there. So Friday, Saturday, Friday, two shows, Saturday, two shows. And by, by especially by the next week, I was really in my foot. And, um, now, what did, what did you do during the week when you weren't? I mean, uh, uh, we, uh, we didn't have a show. We didn't have a Sunday. I just chilled. Um, uh, did they have one nighters that you get to get? Yeah, yeah. They Sunday you chill, Monday you chill, Tuesday you chill. The owner comes and takes you little places. Wednesday we had a little one nighter about an hour outside of town. We did this like little bar. It was actually cool. First of all, I walked in, I was like, oh my god, what is this? But it was like an hour outside of town. Real Canadians up in there. Um, it was one guy, older Canadian guy. He, I guess, he comes to every show, and he he showed me pictures of him. Oh, this is Kurt McHenry. He came last month. I took a picture. It's my Facebook friend. Like he's really. And they, they, the owner said, yeah, he comes to every show. He loves. He he gonna want to take a picture with you. Um, and actually, it turned out to be a great show. This little pub we were in turned out to be a great show. They bought up in that in that little pub. They bought about a hundred dollars worth of merchandise off me, CDs and um, my T-shirts. Um, they um, took pictures. That was probably the best show. Other, you know, more than the, back at the club. So we did the Wednesday night, then Thursday we back Thursday, Friday and Saturday we back at the um, we back at the club. But I had a great time up there. Um, you had to work clean, which was cool. Um, one night I, I went up there and I, I I don't know what I was on. I guess I forgot that I was supposed to work clean because I went up there and started cussing, doing my regular set. And I caught myself maybe 15, 20 minutes into my set. I caught myself. I was like, oh, sh-. I was like, oh shit, I ain't supposed to be cussing up here. They really, they don't mind a, a shit or a damn. They just don't want the F word. Right. Okay. Um, so I caught myself and I, I finished my set clean and I was like, oh, the owner's going to be pissed at me. And he was a kind of little bit, but I, I apologized to him. I said, man, I had a brain fart. I'm sorry. I, he said, I, yeah, I, I didn't know what to do. I was going to send you a note. I was going to go up there and send you a note. I'm like, you know, and the other comic who was hosting, he was in the back like, uh, he said, I saw I saw the moment you, that you realized he, he, that you caught yourself. I said, yeah, I was just, I don't know what happened. I just forgot. Um. But it was great. It was great. I had a good time. I sold a lot of product up there. I didn't know that they pay you in Canadian dollars. That was the only... The loonies. The loonies and doonies. I, and the owner, you know, I was supposed to make a certain amount. 78% of what you're still... You but I didn't know yeah. that it's Canadian money and you got to get it transferred over to American money and it's not the same. But 78%. It's, I, no, I think I think there it used to be 80%. Yeah. 80% value. So, yeah, you sit there yeah. and you go, what the hell? You know, yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking, you know, let's say it was 1500 You know, by the time it came out, it was like 1300 I'm like, whoa, we're short 200 No, that's the... And so it's, I know now. I didn't know that. Now the acting. Are you doing some acting? I see you post up on Facebook. Well, I yeah. know you always go to events. Like uh, you were at the Empire event. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a lot of you know. I, I got. I now got how some do you get friends. to those events? Because I, I went. I know. I, who did you? Ha- you were somewhere. Uh, 
Would, they, would you get rid of Tisha Campbell? Yeah, Tisha. Yeah, I want her on my Tisha, show. Tisha, I, I just sit, I'm sitting there because I see some of the pictures and I go, I want, I want, I want her on my show because yeah, Tisha she, Friday night. She's she does this. She has a club Friday nights where she performs at. Some uh, I'm not. That's in Studio City, Studio right? Studio City called Zen Lounge. That used to be. The Spotlight Cafe. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Where I is it? That's right. The spot. Yeah. TK. TK yeah. used to book it. Yeah. Um. Uh. That's right. Yeah. TK. Um. I gotta. T- uh, I'm. I'm. I got. We'll tell a story about him. I'm mad at him. Nah, I don't tell. It. He's, he's, <laughs> he's. He's got out of the hospital. So. We... Oh. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um. I'm not. I'm not. I don't. It's not like I want to fight him or something. But um. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So she does Friday night. So come up there at Zen Lounge. Um. Sometimes I host. I'm. I'm not the regular host. But if the regular host is out, I'll. I'll come in. Um, come up there and guest host. But do you uh, do comedy or just no, no, no. You just hosting it. It's a music. Is a you know like a soul R and B. Which I gotta give a quick plug. This uh, Saturday, people, at one o'clock, the San Diego San Diego Craft Beer Brewfest. I'll be hosting okay. uh, down there at San Diego. Check it out. Go to the website. It's at one o'clock to five o'clock. It's uh, they have a bunch of different micro brews. Three bands. Me. And uh, my friend Kevin Donovan runs it from uh, La, Jolla, La Jolla Creative. So go out because that's a good Memorial Day. I had to give that okay. host. No, I forgot because I have to host and it's the same thing. I'm not doing comedy. Yeah. It's like they have, you know, yeah. you know, we have people going into the money booth and we have you know, these games. Yeah. You got to keep the mm-hmm. crowd going between the bands. Mm-hmm. I said, that's fine. Yeah. It's your cheerleader. That's what you are. It's all it is. <laughs> yeah, it's basically. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I get, I, you know, being out here, just knowing a couple people here and there. My friend actually manages one of the actors on Empire. So that's how I get, I, I got to all of my Do friends. Do you like Empire? I, I I love it. It's, it's it's a good show. I didn't I didn't like the last two episodes. Uh, I think they kind of rushed it. Um, but it, it's doing real good. Is I it? Uh, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. We we put it on, and we, my girlfriend watches a lot of TV. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm I said to go, and the whole time I'm going I'm going I got to watch this. Yeah. And you know and uh, and it, it was really surprising how good it was. Yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't. It's like one of those things where. It's one of those things you see the uh, you see the previews and you go, okay, this is going to completely suck, but mm-hmm. it's gonna completely awesome. Yeah. And it's what's amazing is is the ratings. I mean, you never see a show every week it goes Grow, up. Oh yeah. And it then you sit just, there yeah. and see what sucks about that is if they have like three bad weeks, the way yeah. TV now is, it probably go, ah, ah, yeah. well, screw yeah. it. Yeah. Now, also, I know you're a big The Wire fan. Yeah, I love The Wire. Now, I saw. Did you watch The Wire from the beginning? Yeah. Or did you did you binge it? I was I was late. I got it in the third season. I, I kind of didn't dismiss the first couple seasons, but I kept hearing people talk about it. So I was like, and my older brother to, was like, hey, man, this is a good show. So I said, all right, everybody talking about it. Let me go from the first season. So from the first season, and once the I was the hook from the like the first episode of the first season, from the second season. Then I, when I started, it was the third season, so I caught up with that. So and so when the fourth and fifth season, I was excited. I was like, oh, oh, uh, uh, wire fourth season is starting. Oh, final season, fifth season is starting. So I was a fan. See, for me, it was uh, when I started watching it. I found everyone said you should watch it, and it was just happened. I was going through. It's when I had charter. I was going through, and it had the wire on, on demand mm-hmm. season one. I said, okay, I'm gonna start watching this, and then. I think it was when, actually, was there a video? I think 2020 video was still open, right? Because I was in Burbank. Mm-hmm. And I think I got the second season on that. But then I, then I, they, they closed. Right. And then I finally caught up with like the third season yeah. on so demand by, again. By the same but, time But what I did, sucked okay. was on demand then, it was like they put a new episode every week. And you're mm-hmm. like, shit, <laughs> ah, man, I want to see it. Because I, I did that with The Shield. I watched yeah. like, I just binge watched that stuff. Mm-hmm. So what other what other shows you like in these days? I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. Man. I don't watch that. You don't watch? That? I don't. You know, it's not my. I think I'm, I think I'm the only uh, white bald guy who doesn't wear <laughs> watch Game of Thrones. I have friends who love it. I just I don't. I love it. I don't get into that. I, I don't know. What, what would you call the genre for that? Is it, uh, is it fantasy, sci-fi, fantasy? It's it's a so it's basically it's a it's a sci-fi fantasy soap opera. Okay, that's basically what it is. Um, it's, 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 it's as the world turns, you know, back in, you know, in the fantasy world, it's the general hospital in the fantasy world. Once again, I didn't start out on it. I, I didn't, I, I remember it came on HBO the first season. I remember people going crazy about it. And the second season was about to come on. They was promoting the second season and people were talking about it. I was like, right, you know what, let me go back to on demand and watch a couple of the first episode. Let me see. I watched the first episode, second episode, third. I was 
I was I binge watch. I was so I got the first season. Then by the time second season started, and I remember telling people about it. I was telling my girlfriend at the time about it. I was like, because she wasn't watching. I was trying to explain it to her, like what was going on. I said, man, listen, everybody wants to be the king. Everybody going for the the Iron Throne, and it's like so many different factors and stuff like that. Everybody trying to be. You got the Lannisters. They're sort of like the Kennedys of the. Uh, so now she's a big fan of it, you know. And now she watches it too. I'm. I. Uh, it's still some stuff. I still don't understand. There's still some storylines and plots that I don't. I guess they take it. I guess it's from a book, and I know it's hard to adapt from a book to a TV show. Um, but I'm I'm a big fan. I the the, the uh, Tyrion, the the, uh, the little Dinklage. person, he makes the show. He he's is great. He's great in everything he, he does. The, yeah, he's Jamie great. Lannister, I think is great. But that 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 the little guy, he he makes the show. Now, do you still try to go out and act? I know because you, you yeah. I know you've done some projects and mm-hmm. you've done some different projects and you post different stuff. And you know, like there's a movie you just posted about. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think you were in that, but I think no, brother, you know love. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. That's my friend. He produced it, so I was just supporting. I, you know, he didn't me, put I, you I, in it. Your friend produced it. He didn't put what? you in it. Ah, bullshit. You know, it's funny. I was in, I was booked at the Looney Bin in Little Rock when they when they were filming. They were filming in the Philly. They my date was I, my scene was October. I always remember like October sixteenth. They was like they started October, they was like, You're we we're filming your scene October sixteenth. Well I'm booked at the Little Rock, the Looney bin in Little Rock from October twelfth to the sixteenth. So I'm like, oh man, and I can't. I already booked, and I, you know, there's four clubs. I don't want to cancel right. on them because it's, you know, I don't know how they're gonna take it. I'm, you know, it's four. It's a consistent work with them. So I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, this is a black production. They they not gonna be on time. My date's April, August 16th. They probably gonna be behind schedule. So maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll shoot mines the 18th. To, you know. Sure enough, fi- October 15th, they call me. Are you gonna be in Philly? You're coming to Philly tomorrow? To ch- I'm like I can't. I'm in. So that's how I missed that. But it's I still love. I still support it. And they they they're gonna have other projects. Uh, so I'll. I'm still yeah. I'm still grinding. I just uh sent out. It's funny. I sent out some. I'm looking for a new agent. So I just sent out twenty more packages. Just it's it's 15 years all over again. Commercial or what are you looking for? Uh, I it, half of them was commercial. Half of them was the uh theatrical. Um, I just got a call from one guy. He said to call him at uh. I think on Friday to set up a uh, maybe uh, maybe, maybe I'll hook you up maybe yeah. I'll hook you. Oh, well, I, 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 I just actually just set two people up with my my agent doesn't send me out okay. but I set two people up. I never go I never get sent out I don't know why but I get them, you got get, a good commercial I know I don't know what it is but uh, it's because I'm cross-eyed that's what that's what's killing me <laughs> but no I just I just got my friend Joe Napote who was big he was a big comic back in the day and he's mm-hmm. been active he was in the show Viper mm-hmm. my friend Sky Soleil who's done a bunch of stuff they both wanted to move on to new agents mm-hmm. and I sat there and I said hey man I asked my agency I said you looking for people they said mm-hmm. yeah and they both were like this is great I'm sitting there going yeah well why don't you send my ass out <laughs> but uh so now um now what 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 acting do you go out for I mean what do you like do you do drama or do you do comedy or do you do both or what I want to do both I want to do it all I want to do now, it all have you taken acting lessons yeah I mean I'm I'm about to start start back up um um um, but I, over the years, I've taken different classes. Um, uh, do I went to Dwayne Shepard class. I went to Tasha Smith class. Um, I'm thinking about doing Aaron Spicer class. Um, I'm thinking about because my friend Nafis is in his class. Um, so yeah, we're 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 trying to we're going to stay consistent. When I first another thing when I first moved out here, I did a lot of plays, which was actually great because you know that was sort of like my acting classes too. Um, I got in with this. Uh, theater company and they would do every black history month they would do a like a famous black play so i did ceremonies and dark old men anna lacosta the first first breeze of summer some famous you know uh black uh black plays that was great because i'm working with these real actors like, right, these right. Are real theater actors so to me that was acting class to me i'm just just in rehearsals just watching them how they do it. And it's funny, when I first started, I didn't know what I was doing. I was turning my back to the audience, which is you never do. you upstaging. And, you know, they'll be like, no, don't ever turn your back to the audience. Or, you know, uh, so I was just learning how to, learning the craft. So that was great when I first moved out here. That really helped me. Now, do you go back to Philly a lot to perform? Yeah, well, um, probably two or three times a year. Every February, I go home for the whole month of February because I do some ski trips up in the Poconos. I'm contracted to do every year. You perform? Oh, uh, yeah, I perform. Um Right. Uh, use Saturday night they do a comedy show, so uh, my friend been booking them for years. So wait, wait in, in the Poconos? In the Poconos? Is, is, like, is it it's, the Caesar Resorts? It's it's like Wilkes Wilkes Bowl. Um, yeah. um, uh, Wilkes Scranton. Scranton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because there used to be a uh, they the Caesars Resorts, and they were in the Poconos. And this was God, I think I forget who booked this, but it was I remember going up there and 
you know, you're doing the show mm-hmm. and it's, you know, Paradise Cove or whatever, yeah, yeah. and you go on stage. Before you go on stage, you know, the, the one you go, you go to the one, it's like you, you go, you go to one in the middle of winter, you drive mm-hmm. an hour doing the Poconos, which mm-hmm. makes no sense. It's right. like, oh yeah, I'm going to get a good ride there. Mm-hmm. But it was just weird because everyone, they're like honeymoon crowds. Yeah. They, they don't really want to see comedy and yeah. they, they'd have a band playing a dance and then they go, mm-hmm. okay, uh, <laughs> and here's the comic. And it would... Yeah, go out on the stage, but that must be fun because well, ski trips people who ski like to drink. Yeah, so they're yeah. probably hanging out. Oh, they did. They get and this. These are more urban ski trips, so not too many. You know, black folks really ski. They call it ski trips, but we don't really ski. More, we just it's really just a weekend away. They go up there. They, you know, they got casinos and uh, you go skating and bowling and go go see a movie and you know, all the food and drinks are free and they party. But they one thing about these ski trips, they do look forward to the comedy show. Like it's usually Saturday night between eleven and twelve, um, and they kind of look they look forward to it. They be like oh, during the day I can hear them because they don't know I'm the comedian. They just see me walking around, but I hear people talking about who's the comedian for the night or what time the comedy show starts tonight? Um, so they usually. Usually eight out of ten times you're gonna get a you know get a good crowd. They you perform for like 20, 30 minutes and then they party for the rest of the night. Um, every once in a while you get an unruly. They just real drunk or something like that. Uh, um, one I got a once uh, I did every weekend this past February. I, I one one show I had a real I guess a church crowd. I just cause I'm doing my set. I'm doing you know my deaf comedy jam set. I guess you could say. And I, the crowd just kind of seemed. And I was like, I'm cussing too much for you. They was like, yes. I said, oh, this the ch- this oh this the church crowd. They was like, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know. Um, so it's, you know it's so I go home for February and I book myself all over the place. So that whole February, I do the ski trips on the weekend. I, I did Warm Daddies. Um, they got a good Wednesday night room at the Pars Casino that Joe Conklin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Conkley, I, I did yeah. it last I did it with, uh, so funny, I did it with, uh, you know John Kensel? No, no. With I don't John, know. and you know the Wid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, the legendary Wid. Well, Kensel yeah. always worked for the Wid. Okay. And uh, I remember I did it because I called Joe, and I worked with Joe years ago. Yeah. And uh, it was just weird. Well, what's weird was doing the Pars Casino is, because you live out here, you're not used to going to the casino where they smoke. Yeah. And you're walking through and you're like, they're smoking. Mm-hmm. And I'm an ex-smoker. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy crap. Then you go in there and all of a sudden you think, what the hell? And then you go in and there's just this room. Yeah, this room. And it's packed. Yeah. It's and I remember, packed. I specifically remember that night because it was the night that James Gandolfini died. Oh, wow. Because I sat there and, you know, you check on Facebook and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And someone tweet sent me a message, Gandolfini died. And I was like, oh, wow. And it was just weird. And that was mm-hmm. a big thing, especially, you know. But uh, yeah, that's a great room. Yeah, that's a good that's a good room. Uh, I forgot the guy, the Mike Mike Baldini uh, books it. Um, so I, I book myself all in the area, a couple rooms in Delaware, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, Jersey stuff. So I go home every February. I'm trying to set something up now. And I may uh, maybe August September. I'm thinking about hitting New York and maybe the, the area again. So I try to get home as much as possible. Now do you go to see any Eagles games when you're back there? No, I don't, man. Last time I seen the Eagles is when they came out here and played San Diego. We drove down to San Diego. Because I went to see him. I went to see him in Arizona this year. Oh, you saw oh, yeah, Leah. Did they win that game? No, they lost. They that lost game, it, yeah. but it was they. It was. I forget who's Foles was hurt. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It was just it was one of those games. It was for my birthday, and we went out, and it was great. The, the Arizona fans were cool, and what's amazing was it was honestly it was probably forty five percent Eagles fans. Yeah. Oh, we we traveled because they have some kind of like I didn't know when we went there. To they have San a group. Diego, they have a group. Yeah. Like they they set up trips and stuff like the that. The Green Machine. Cause yeah. I went some, I went yeah. to a tailgate. Okay, and we sit there because I I just went on Facebook and they had the one tailgate. Which was really expensive, yeah. And then mm-hmm. they said, "Hey, come by," because there's a bar in Flagstaff called the Philly West. Yeah. And they said, "We're having a big Eagles West, Eagles now." Mm-hmm. And you go, and uh, you know that guy you always see on TV who always wears the, uh, um, his name's Sean Young. He always dresses up like an eagle. He's got the face paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, there, yeah. and then all these people, just crazy people, yeah. and and it's amazing. You're talking like some are from Texas, and some mm. are, we were talking to this couple in the, at the hotel. They're from Texas, and I'm like. You're not Cowboys fans. This is great, but it's, how do you think the Eagles? Gonna, how do you think they're gonna do this year? Um, I, it's interesting. I don't. I'm not. I don't know, man. I think we're gonna be all right. Um, it's just Tebow, real, so much. Tebow's time. taking us to the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here. Tim Tebow takes us to the Super Bowl. Uh, he's gonna take us to Super Bowl. Is gonna take us to church. Um, uh, it, it really depends on Sam Bradford. I think if he's healthy, he's a good quarterback. If he's healthy, he's accurate. Um, um, it's just, I think the offense is going to be fine. I think the defense is going to be better. It's just, 
I think we have a chance. I think we can surprise them. I do, too. Yeah. I got a question back to the business. Uh, you headlined at the Improv a while ago. Mm-hmm. Now, how did that come about? That was your first time headlining, Yeah, my right? first time headlining, which was, you know, uh, it's just, it's just, it's, you know, Coop, it's just a grind, man. It's just keep, I think if you're, if you're a good person, if they see you working hard, they see you putting in work, I think, you know, finally they're going to, I've been trying to headline at Improv for years. Never been in there. You never, never. I just the owner, Mark Lano, has been in here on my show. Oh, wow. I've never been in there. It's a good club. I, to me, is one of the best rooms in, in L.A. Um, um, you know, they just remodeled it right. now too. Um, so for years, I, I, I've been trying to headline there. Uh, I featured a couple times for my friend G Thing, Gary G Thing Johnson, and Michael Blackson. So, and I feature for them, and I also help them with their night, getting people out. So I think the the guy saw me saw because. One night, G thing had a packed crowd. I'm telling the guy, yeah, half of these people, are my people. I'm the one helped out. He was so he was told me. He said, "We're gonna we're gonna work it out. We're gonna get you." Maybe about a year, year and a half later, he, you know, I kept just, you know, I just stayed on top of him. And he was just like, you know what, we're gonna get you a date. They got me one date, then they, they, they changed it. It was a Thursday night, and then he asked me, "Well, we we can't do the Thursday. You want to do the Saturday night? I'd rather Saturday night oh, over yeah. Thursday night De- anyway. Definitely, definitely, especially in this town. Yeah, Saturday night, 10 p.m. I didn't know it was Easter weekend, um, but because they gave me like months uh, in advance, I was just like, oh, what? It's, you know, I took it. We had a great. We sold it out. Pretty much packed. It, 95 percent packed. They were they were very happy. So I think I'm in now with them. Now we have about five minutes left. Uh, do you have a lot of road gigs coming up, or what's what's on your docket? Um. Uh, no, not really a lot of road stuff. Um, I got to, I got, I got to get on my computer, start sending out some emails, uh, getting, I don't really have a lot of road stuff. Uh, I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm trying to pitch a pilot. So you might be hearing, uh, uh, in the next couple of months, I'm doing a Comedy Central pilot presentation of a show I wrote. Uh, I'll definitely invite you to, uh, cause you know, Comedy Central has that stage down. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I did one maybe five, five years ago. I pitched something to him. I got another idea. Um, it's comedy base. I may even need you on it. Um, um, hey, I'm, I'm I'm a good actor, man. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's 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 yeah, it's more talk show. So this is kind of yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guy. Um, so I'm, I may, I'm the next Letterman. Yeah. <laughs> so I may do um I may do a uh, Cooperman. That's what uh, exactly. Uh, I may do. Um, that's what I'm working on because I'm trying to create content now. See, that's that's the whole thing. People don't know is that's like for me. I mean, I have over. On my website, I have 370 hours of content. Yeah, and that's what we are, and, and yeah. that's what people don't get is, you know, we're comics, we're this, we're this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, I'm not really a comic. I don't, I mean, I go on stage every once in a right. while, but mm-hmm. I mean, but you're, 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 you're around. You're but around I, but I was, yeah. I mean, I was a headliner. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I know the deal. But that's what our job is. Yeah. is to, it's so changed because now we have to create content, right? And that's the main thing, and and that's what people look for, mm-hmm. and that's what's good. So, so you're gonna do this. You, so, so I'm, a, you know, um, hopefully that's that's the next step. And we also working on a webisode web series, uh, based on my life, kind of like a you know, curb your enthusiasm, but more about comedian what we go through, um, um. So we're working on that too. We're writing that now. So hopefully we'll start shooting that uh, maybe in the middle of summer, end of summer. Uh, so and we just, you know, we're just gonna keep banging on the door. I'm, I'm hopefully I'll be back at the Improv headlining maybe September around my birthday. I'm thinking I'm gonna go back at them around then. Um, and just just keep grinding. You know, stay online. The king of captions. Keep keep that going on. Doing doing a lot of the more funny 15 second. You know, yeah, what is your Instagram? Because you you post a lot, and you have, you have yeah. some you have some really funny posts. People he calls themselves the king of king of cap king of captions. King right? of captions, yeah. and uh, and they're, and they're funny, and it's always and sometimes it's you, yeah. Sometimes it's other people. Yeah, other people. Now, yeah. do you know all those people, or some just strangers, or some pictures you get? No, who's some... who's the guy that keeps going like that? Everyone was posting about him. He's a, an African American guy, had the weird teeth. Oh, that's Denzel. That was that's Denzel? Denzel Washington. He was that was a picture of him at the fight. Okay, he I didn't know. Oh, I didn't, it didn't even look like him. I thought it was like I some know. old goofy guy. Yeah, yeah. He's at the they they called a bad shot. That's what these celebrities don't get a bad shot of you because they will make memes about you. Okay. So somebody took a picture of him at the fight at the Mayweather uh, uh, Pacquiao fight, and I don't know if he's he had the little Fu Manchu. I don't know if he's working on a a new. I hope it's a new a movie role he's right. doing. I hope that's just not his regular stuff. So, so what's what's your Instagram? It's Jamal. Dome. It's just my name, at Jamal Doman. J A M A L D O M A N. Now, do you tweet? 
Uh, yeah, tweet too. Everything is yeah. I'm on Twitter. I'm on this. I'm on Christian Mingle, Muslims Mingle, Jews Mingle. Do you have a website? Uh, I I'm working on that. Right. I'm working. I had one, but I took it down. I'm, we don't redoing it. But at Jamal Doman on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you, and, man. Uh, and people check it out because his captions are really funny. I check them out because I don't go. I go. I go to Instagram every once in a while. Yeah. And I get I get disgusted sometimes because people are always posting just awful just not, awful yeah. content. Yeah. But so follow him at Jamal Doman, and uh, also at. Uh, Instagram. If you go on Instagram, I go to Instagram every once in a while. It's at Cooper Talk One because I guess someone had Cooper Talk. Uh, go to my website, CooperTalk.net. I have over 370 episodes up there. Um, also, send me an email, Cooper at CooperTalk.net. I will get back to you. Tell me what guests you want to see, who wants to come in. Twitter's at Cooper Talk. Also, I always I always tweet. I tweet a lot. I try to tweet a lot of jokes. Facebook, you know what? Steve Cooper. I have a Cooper Talk page. I haven't updated it because someone told me to get it, and I'm like, yeah, it's too much a pain in the ass to post this and that and that. <laughs> And uh, oh, and don't forget my website, uh, my new website, stopthesalt.com, stopthesalt.com. Uh, low sodium cooking for one without killing yourself. That's my cookbook. As you know, when I got out of the hospital, I had to, uh, three years, it was almost three years ago now, I had to change my uh, diet and I had to eat healthier. Mm. And I learned that, you know what? Eating healthy is easy and it's cheap if you don't get intimidated. So I did a cookbook. There's no pictures, there's no list of long recipes, there's 120 recipes in there. There's a key up front where you see how much food you should make, you know, eight ounces of vegetables or whatever it is. I don't have it off the top of mind. But you can go and buy that, stopthesalt.com. That's the website. You can go to Amazon, buy it, but I make more money if you buy it at stopthesalt.com, and I will autograph it for you. So, yeah, so go uh, send me an email, cooper at coopertalk.net. Follow me on at Twitter, at coopertalk, uh, also stopthesalt.com. Check out Jamal Daman. At, uh, his Instagrams are very funny. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. I'll talk to you guys all next week.